What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Okay, so we try to talk about the USPA and the controversy surrounding the USPA. So here's the thing, and full disclosure, we are not investigative journalists. We do not go into the full backstory. Um, that's available on Instagram. I believe on Goob's account, I don't have his exact Instagram handle. But if you're in powerlifting, you can find it. Um, it'll be relatively easy to find because there's like five videos on it. And Steve and I had to record this twice. So at the beginning of the episode, you'll listen to us, <laughs> why we had to record it twice. Um, it just We recorded parts of it last week, and stuff has changed since last week. So we re-record it. And second time through, who knows? They might get us in trouble. We don't know, just based on how sensitive the issue is, as it should be. Um, but, yeah, a lot of mess, a big messy situation in the USPA. We do our best, really seven on eight kills, to discuss it, give our takes on it. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens the next day, usually what happens when we do these podcasts. Uh, but we also talk about – we only spend about – 25, 27 minutes on that. Then we talk about collegiate nationals in the USAPL, the issues surrounding that. Not as big of a mess as what we've seen in other federations. Uh, talk about the Arnold and uh, our issues with what we're seeing right now from the Arnold. Um, and also we talk about the Sheffield wildcard spots. We recorded last week, remember? So I think there's new developments. Leah Baval got a wildcard spot on the female side. Steve makes his predictions on who he thinks are going to get the last wildcard spots uh, for the men and females. So really great episode of Two White Lights. Make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review on both. Go to twowhitelights.com, check out the merchandise, and check out the show as well. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. recorded the entire episode but we're going to redo the first mm -hmm. part because uh we recorded about a week ago um and while i don't think anything we said was i would change at the time if we released it now and people didn't have context they probably would think were they would cancel us because we were going without new information and they think it was current information and not realizing we recorded this a week ago i don't yeah, know if that makes any sense the, yeah we're gonna say yeah, well, yeah we're gonna save the original recording for the only fans which yeah i mean uh, very appropriate right um <laughs> but but yeah uh i think yeah yesterday was kind of these stories with the whole uspa um situation and right now it's 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 a mess and if we did the episode without that new information like steve said um we could sound quite dismissive i think maybe that's the case because we're just kind of, we're kind of operating here with like on those few videos that we had but also not a whole lot of information still we're operating on not a lot of information 
I mean, I'll repeat a lot of some of the things we said. I mean, I'm going to caveat since we're redoing this episode. This episode is going to be, we're going to talk about the USPA situation. We're going to talk about bench depth being implemented. We're going to talk about uh, USAPL and the Arnold or lack thereof of invites. And what was the fourth thing we talked about? Now I'm not even remembering anymore. What was the fourth thing we did? We we got into some of the more Sheffield Sheffield wildcard spots. And he made predictions. Okay, so we'll get we'll get to that Monday. Let's get back into USPA. So honestly, I think probably a lot. Uh, I think a lot of USPA USAPL people don't know the full story. So I, I'm just going to go backtrack and start from the beginning of where this all started. So it all started with the Vermont State Chair and the leaked video of her wiping her apple juice on someone's window. Um, yeah, which was fairly disturbing. Which is fairly disturbing. In general. Yeah. Very yes, disturbing. That was an interesting that was Hard an interesting thing. But again, at at its at its base, we're gonna have some bad apples. In powerlifting, yeah. we're gonna have some bad apples. We got a lot of people. Yeah. We're gonna have some bad apples. Um USPA eventually uh took or not suspended her, but fired her as a state chair. But then the goob guy got on it. And I honestly don't know much about him other than I knew he would just try and out people. And so obviously he got wind of this and started talking about it. And that led to a lot more. It led to, let me see if I can see it. So they talked about the her as the state chair. Then they talked about Kimberly Sweat, who was also in Vermont, I believe was a referee. I might be getting some of this wrong because I also, again, this is a week ago since some of the stuff we've even looked at. Um she apparently had some type of child abuse with mentally disabled kids she worked with, and that actually was on her criminal record if there was background checks, which I'm going to come about come around to the background checks in a second. And then he talked about the guy who was the known pedophile, who was a competitor and also spotted and loaded at a meet for youth lifters. Then it got into Bobby Morgan and some of his past history with fraud, which I've gotten some more information about uh, from some people that knew a little bit more about that. Then it got into the situation and how USPA responded to everything and maybe their lack of response in timely manner. Um, and probably the biggest thing that was being called out is in 2020 after the, oh, he also talked about the Johnny Lane situation, but we already knew about Johnny Lane, USPC, and, and frankly too, like, Goob did not get all of this apparently correct. Um, there are some things that he was a little bit off about, uh, specifically what I heard on the Johnny Lane situation. It doesn't make Johnny Lane and his wife any better of people, but no, some of the timeline was off. More um, of the USPA in that situation. Yeah, Johnny Lane and his wife are scumbags, but it's um, how the USA, USPA handled it. So the USPA said right after that Johnny Lane situation in 2020 and his wife that they were going to start running background checks. And then this situation comes up and everyone's like, are you even running background checks to which they have not been? Uh, I don't think we, we did not know this when we did the first recording. So this is something we know now and the reason to re-record this. They thought they were doing background checks because apparently the USPA thought if you just type someone's name into the child predator or a sex offender registry, that is a background check. They legitimately thought that that was considered a background check. So either it's dumb, ignorant, or laziness, but they thought that was a background check. So therefore, no, they were not running actual background checks, but they were saying they were. And you were actually, I believe, on when you became a ref or an employee or whatever, you were signing something or clicking something saying that you were going to take a background check. But all they were doing was for completely free on the internet, 
typing your name into the sex offender registry and just seeing if you're on it or not. Something we talked about in the first episode is multiple of these situations, I don't know if I would consider the USPAs necessarily the direct office's fault. And that's where when we first recorded, it was a bit more of like, how does this go from here? Because like, for instance, the child predator is disgusting. That is horrible. But he's not an employee or a ref. He would have never gone through background checks. That is more an individual meat director or state director. It sounds like that maybe there was warnings. Um, I don't know how much the USPA national office was involved in those warnings. Um, things like that. But what came out more recently that was not good was obviously, one, the fact that they admitted they never did background checks. But two, Chico Cloyne who is an executive committee member, an employee of USPA, and arguably their most influential and biggest meat director, um, has been soliciting women and trying to pay them to have sex with him, as well as multiple counts of physical abuse that was told to the USPA, and they kind of shrugged it off until yesterday they finally fired him. That's yeah. where things get pretty bad, because again, there's going to be some bad apples. I guarantee we talked about in the first time we recorded. There's some bad apples in the USAPL. We had the lady who yeah. faked cancer and was running fake meets and pocketing the money. We have well, safe sport for a reason. I, well, I believe we say, had some issues with some. Well, what's, what's worse? Go ahead. Rub, get, rubbing your genitals and rubbing on doorknobs and doors or faking cancer to get uh, donations and um, oh, the fake cancer lady was way worse in my exactly, opinion. Exactly, that's what I mean. We have bad so, we have bad apples, as well as I'm going to call it. I'm going ever done. Like one of the worst gonna, things ever. Oh yeah, done in politics. That was horrible. Honestly, there'd probably be more deal of a made of it if like thing like. I mean, that was 2019, I believe, and two white lights did it, well, it didn't exist then, in, in or it wasn't really calling that stuff out. USAPL popular. clamped down on that. Yeah, USAPL <laughs> clamped down on that because they're like, I think at a point they're like, we don't believe you have cancer. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> they, like, can you show us like proof that you have cancer? There was there was some criticism. There was some criticism on the USAPL, though, although this is a tough one to kind of navigate, is people wanted refunds from the money she stole, and the USAPL did not provide that because that, that's where it's a fishy situation because the USAPL only sanctions meats. They don't deal with the money from the meat director. So since they never touch money, so they're not the ones to refund. I don't know. That was a weird situation. Either yeah, way, we there's a lot of bad weird. apples. There's a lot of bad apples. I'm not, I, I'm not going to cancel an entire federation because a couple bad apples and a couple things. But once it gets to the executive committee and they know about it, as well as lying about background checks, that's where it gets pretty bad. And I'm, I'm going to throw mm -hmm. some out here, too, because it annoys me a bit. And they'll probably maybe they're going to cancel us. Uh, the WRPF is kind of seemingly like the, the good, good people in this. They didn't run background checks either. Like now they are. And a lot of people are kind of like, oh, they're 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 doing all the right things. They didn't do it either. It's just the USPA got in trouble first. The only federation that was doing this was the USAPL. So everyone else should not be scot-free on the way they handled things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that today. And we're seeing a lot of that today and a lot of reactions for it. Like, 
sponsorships are you taking out their sponsorship money to the USPA. Um, I would like to formally announce that Two White Lights is no longer giving money to the USPA. Uh, some might say we never gave money to the USPA in the first place. I say, show me the proof. So disavow. <laughs> Disavow. We are we're we're no longer sending money to USPA. Um, yeah, and that that was a big one because Chico is very well known in the USPA. Um, I knew him um, quite well, and when I saw that, I'm like, you know, when you have a feeling about something, you see all these videos come up. It's like it's gonna eventually get to someone I know. I've got at least Just one because. or two more people that I'm waiting to see that I think yeah. might pop up if digging keeps happening because i don't think we're yeah. done because let's yeah, let's be frank we're dealing with a lot of hormones in this situation yeah uh, that's kind of the the elephant in the room we're talking about this stuff it's we have a lot of this happening and apparently it i because i'm really far removed from the federation i deal mostly with the usapl but i have with the uspa and you know like these stories are rampant it seems like and i didn't think that it was i i honestly just i i don't really uh partake in a lot of you know like inside conversations with people but now we're seeing like all these emails and dms that are being sent i'm like oh okay so it's, it's a problem it's a problem that's being had and that and you know i I do think this is the dangers of having open use of steroids in a yeah. organization. Like this, this can be a danger in uh, in this kind of stuff. And I don't know. And it's it's um, you know they're kind of going out like figuring out like what good PR to have and like who who they can rely on. And there's people like in that. I'm like oh, okay, maybe not the best. PR if you really start to look into things um but what I'm seeing you know like you know Joey who came on the show before you know I I know he's working really hard Serge who you know everyone knows that I have a huge respect for is trying really hard to navigate this situation but um it's uh it's a mess it's 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 also like nearly impossible for us to have takes on this too and like thoughts on it because <laughs> no matter what you might be just asking for a nice lawsuit yeah i probably already said too much of a couple of little things but yeah i mean <laughs> whatever it is it's going to be interesting i if you want my prediction there is going to be some notable reform on the executive committee um i know i talked to al alvarado which, uh, just so people know, there was more than just Joe Sullivan on that phone call, even though I believe he only said I multiple times. There was multiple, well, it was a round table of people that were involved in this. Well, uh, I talked to, kind of I had a phone. I, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry for interrupting. I don't want to see this thing of, hey, who has the most followers who are really influential in the sport? Let's latch on to them. No, don't do that. You know, I'm not saying they're all bad. And, you know, Joe Sullivan does care, at least. Like, that's one thing. And personal difference that he cares. But I'm looking at it and, like, be careful if you keep on doing the – let's mention this person because they're, quote, unquote, famous. It, you're looking for 
good PR and it, it could possibly you could be looking for it in the wrong places or have the wrong idea what good PR is. Well, in talking to Al, and I think you've talked to Joey a little bit, I mean, one of the biggest things they're recommending is reform on the executive committee to get rid of the old boys club to get some of the people in, like Joey or maybe Al or, or uh, Serge, people that are a bit more in the trenches and have an understanding of more the the current model and landscape of powerlifting. I think they'll do that. And I think in, we'll be talking in two or three months from now that things will have blown over and be relatively fine. Um, because yes, they're, I mean, the Chico thing is what really sets it over. And it, from there, it just means that they need to have a bit more accountability at the top. Um, I mean, we said the same thing with the USAPL is that the, it was almost too distant sometimes that executive committee from the actual lifters, but maybe I'm wrong on this, but from what I know, the executive committee for USPA is more hands-off than the USAPL is. That wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I may be wrong. This is where maybe Natty Elitis is saying, but from what I understand, I believe they're a bit more hands-off because that's what we see on the USPA side is we see these territory managers like Joey, like Chico, like Al, Bobby Morgan, you see kind of these territory managers where they're almost kind of like running their own little federations in each region. Um, and I, from what I and it's almost kind of like they have their own little circle of people and they just kind of are within that because it's not like USPA has a very good national or world system where people kind of, they, they progress through as well as like nationals is not run by the national office, it's run by independent meat directors. But what I know, it's a bit more hands-off. And so the good part about that is that should be able to allow the federations to still run in the way it is, but just get rid of the crap and get some reform at the top. And they should be completely fine. I would actually be more worried if this was like a USAPL where the executive committee runs a lot of what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, no, I, I see a way to I, I see a way to get through Chico, this. Chico ran, Chico ran the the national meets. Well, that's that's where this was a big one because I would I would liken Chico's influence on USPA to Wes Zunker and USAPL. Now I think they're totally yeah, different he, people because Wes Zunker is a amazing human being, but the influence and like the importance of what they did was pretty similar. Like if Wes mm -hmm. Zunker had ever leaves the USAPL. I know he was a big kind of uh, point of interest in the split with the IPF because kind of where Wes went, the power went too because Wes has so much influence and does so much that it was big. So losing Chico because of this is big in the sense of meat directing. It's great in the sense of getting out a piece of crap, but that's where they're going to hurt a lot is the fact of how much he controlled the meat directing side of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's very true, um, and it's kind of crazy that this all started because a state chair decided to rub her genitalia all over a person <laughs> around. Yep, that is that is kind of. I mean, seriously, that's kind of crazy how this started. Like we're seeing a federation kind of implode, and it started with that. And there's a lot of, I have a lot of questions with that one as well. Like why, why was she able to do that? Do confrontations with neighbors about dogs like get you going? That was that to me was a yes. Kind of opens the door though. I mean, I can see the same thing on the USA. I mean, it it really is the the goob factor that he got involved because it almost just stopped with 
uh, Stephanie Bennett, the state director, because it was just reposted on a couple pages and people knew about it. It was yeah, him kind of getting involved and just kind of to... people messaging him. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I wasn't thinking like, wow, the USPA has problems. That's not what I was thinking of. I'm like, this person is insane. And yes, there are insane people in powerlifting. Um, and yeah, but that, that, that did open the floodgates and uh yeah kind of kind of weird sliding doors moment there um but and it does seem like because for whenever these videos happen i'm always like okay what's what's the intention here i mean people um because people kind of talk about this like as far as being hesitant like i think you'd still do have to be hesitant when you see these videos and not take it as absolute gospel because of you know what is at stake here but i'm looking at these videos and like okay it's on your page you know it seems that you know make bingo cards about the meeting and all that stuff and i i get it but how much of this is to get eyes on your page and how much is to help but now it seems like there's an actual over like there's a broad sweeping movement in at least uspa to actually get rid of uh, what is a boys club in the executive board which is bad it is a very bad thing not only for the sport but just as you know people who are involved in just trying to lift weights like there should not be a thing that's going on um and then yeah that video with chico too as soon as i saw that email of we'll send this to hr i'm like uh that that alone should have been sent to whoever that was the worst brush off of all time. We'll send it to HR. One, I yep. want to meet human resources director in the USPA. I want to meet that person, shake their hand, so I know they exist. It feels like, does US, USAPL have HR, human resources? I don't think so. I think they just have their like office manager, maybe. I don't think they have like an HR. Yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would, I, I'd see where you're going. I want to end the flight. Does, does, does USPA have a paid person for HR that that is their sole job? Yeah, I'll send, or I'll is send that a department? They is, send the email and it goes to some like Nigerian prince. Or it goes to the AOL run uh, dial up computer in the janitorial office that does no one manning or, it. Yeah, or it just goes right back to the person that was sending that email in the first place. I'll send it. To, yes. I'll I'll, uh, I'll forward this to HR and just you get an email notification. But yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, um, that's a brush up, and that that is a bad federational problem because you do have people protecting one another. Um, and yeah, so. I don't know. Hopefully we don't talk about this in a long time, uh, unless the time we talk about this is the USPA figured out everything and everything's good. Like I said, oh I got God. a feeling we're going to, I got a feeling we're going to hear about one or two more before this is all said and done. Yeah. 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 I mean, but at the same time, like that was the scary part of me. It was like, okay, the witch hunt, like is the witch hunt going to happen here. Um, and it is, you know, right now it's good, but like, what other things are going to happen and uh hopefully like it's hopefully it's done to a point where it's not an absolute catastrophe where people are actually you know 
being outed because they had done something bad as opposed to like uh people being outed because there's a axe to grind, which I say that because I yeah, know that, that happens a lot of powerlifting too. So yeah, hopefully well, here, just, the next time we talk about it, it's it's good. It's like cool. It would be best USPA meet happening. I mean here's my argument for people wanting to jump ship. If everyone jumps ship, guess what happens? All the crappy people jump ship too with you. And then the new federation just becomes all the same people. It's more yeah. about taking what you already have that is a great system, and the vast majority of people within USPA are great people, and just creating systems to create accountability. Because if you don't do that, then you're just jumping ship, and everyone goes to the new one, and it's the same old thing again. And we're going to be talking about this in another year or so about something like this in, in the new federation that happens. So I don't think jumping ship is what people need to do. Um, I think it's more about creating reform, which I think the USPA executive committee is fairly open to right now. Yeah, sure. I did see someone ask me today if the USAPL could open up an untested division to take advantage of this opportunity. I'm like, that would lead to the biggest disadvantage in, in uh, federation history is having an untested division in the USAPL. Um, but people are kind of clueless about this stuff. Like, like you're like, oh yeah, USAPL guys, they're they're sitting there like, like no, we we don't give a shit about getting their clientele because a lot of them are on steroids and they can't compete in our federation anyways. <laughs> this doesn't yeah. help. We don't want the we don't want the untested <laughs> side. We don't want the, unt- the we don't want the untested side. If you're talking the drug tested side, I mean, frankly. The reason that USPA drug tested is so, well, one, all the, if we're talking like the elite level people, they're all in the USAPL, like USPA drug tested is not elite competition, but the reason it's successful is because if you go throughout different regions around the US, some just have really good meat directors who are not USAPL meat directors. They host USPA drug tested. So it's just proximity to location to local level lifters. I don't want to lose that. I, I don't have a USAPL versus USPA, like incredible allegiance when it comes to just good local level meets. I've got a lot of friends like Joey and Al. I would yeah. love for them to keep doing their USPA drug tests. I don't, I don't need, we don't need, I mean, it doesn't necessarily do anything special for USAPL if they get, a, no. to, they get, get that. It's just, I mean, it's about powerlifting as a whole there. Like, I mean, I, I don't, we don't want to have to like dissolve that and absorb them. I think reason being, I don't think USAPL shouting from the rooftops trying to send out deals to try and get people to come to their organization. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, they did. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, they did have that post there of just the background checks as soon as this uh, this story broke. Where I'm like, okay, still applause worthy as far as the timing goes on that post. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's a very, it's an interesting thing because I think a lot of people in USPA think that with USPA, it's like they're just trying to take you know clientele from the, or members from it. It's like one the members that compete in your drug tester federation, a lot of them compete in the USAPL. And two, we obviously don't want to take the people who are on steroids. So I don't think there's an actual rivalry here uh, between the two. Um, but yeah, won't stop here. We've talked about it for 25 minutes. So that's enough, right, to potentially say something totally incorrect. Yeah, we'll probably, we're going to get canceled. You know what's it's great right. about that, though? You know what's great about that? I'm I'm not able to check my phone. 
most of the day now. So hopefully it all just goes on <laughs> so you. So, so you're probably, I mean, I think I talked the most here on, on accident. I meant to not talk very much and I did. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. So, I mean, uh, hold on, well, no, no, that doesn't matter. <laughs> no, 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 Steve. That part doesn't matter that you actually said it. It's going to be the combination of me getting tagged and two white lights and have to deal with that. But yeah, I just don't. I, well, I, yeah, because it actually on the untested, un, untested side, it's more likely you get blamed because on the untested side, less people know me. USAPL, I think we're, I don't want to say we're even, you're more well known, but enough people know me in USAPL that I can't get away with things anymore. Untested side, they don't know me. They know you. So you get, you're get you going to get blamed for anything I say. Yeah. Again, I will have to re-listen what we said that was bad, but probably something, right? Um, I don't think we said anything bad. Right. It's just that I don't think we – it's it's a, it's a interesting conversation. Yeah, right we're now, not – But well, people will – when people th- see these things, they're like, two white lights will dive, dive deep on this. Like, we're not investigative journalists, guys. We broadcasted quite – frequently that we're bad journalists and we're not journalists at all <laughs> you know we do we do dive i guess into like the journalist aspect of things but no we're, we we are not going to go and schedule interviews and try to uh dig deeper into the situation because that's not what we do um and i think we're at a, we're we're at a point in two white lights where people expect that to happen i'm like we have literally never done that yeah, i think that's people that don't uh, steve steve making spreadsheets for meats it's well, yeah, not the same well, thing. we're we're sports talk radio hosts that's what we do i don't think sports talk radio hosts do investigative journalism they just talk about opinions on current situations that they have enough information about to discuss their opinions yeah, on. Be, that's what we do yeah it would be crazy if mike francesa and boomer esiason were doing investigative reports on like the sandusky case in penn state being <laughs> like yeah that should that that'll that'll go well good thing we put our brightest and the best on the case but yeah all right now to regular scheduled programming we're just going to transition here we had a smooth transition but we had to record this so uh now to our next topic yeah we can do, do collegiate do nationals well, let's, do do? Collegiate na- let's do collegiate nationals then bench depth then arnold so we can go back and forth between federations we won't stack up on yeah. any federation back to back so mm-hmm. yeah usapl collegiate get some background there we haven't been talking about it because honestly there wasn't enough information to talk about it but <clears throat> registration opened up december 21st there was a cap of 860 lifters that filled up on January 1st, and people were not happy. One of the issues was a lot of teams that are very important in the sense of like team competition were not able to get all their lifters in. So then after they were able to get more volunteers to be able to accompany more lifters, they opened it up and I think added another about 400 lifters, but only sent invites to teams to add their lifters, not individuals. And then people went eight crazy for some maybe okay reasons. Some like there was the, there's the Missouri Valley college, their whole team, or maybe I don't want to say the whole team, at least a couple of lifters are going crazy because their coach left and they didn't sign up. And so they're blaming the USAPL because their coach left. I, I don't know if college kids know, but like, I, I would assume Missouri Valley has access to internet for their students. And so if they, if they really want to sign up, they can't. It's Missouri. They, they don't, I don't know. Either way, 
Another thing that's blown out of proportion, but there is fault on both sides. There's fault on college kids for not signing up in a timely manner. Um, you had 11 days to sign up, and you didn't. That's that your own fault. like a college student. <clears throat> uh, the QTs need to be raised, though. There, it, I don't know how many collegiate lifters there are, but if that meet filled up in 11 days and then immediately filled up to 1,255 lifters with still people missing out, um, the QTs need to get raised. That's on the USAPL. Uh, I know that there was things last year proposed that got turned down that would have made the meat smaller, but the QTs have to go up. They have to go up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, uh, as far as people kind of being – the people that I'm, like, talking to and um, listening to at that, at that expense, they're, they're a little bit more like, okay, these QTs are super low and the good lifters – or the potentially like really good lifters aren't going to be able to do it. And that's really the only thing that I'm seeing. And I, I think, yeah, I think you just cut it right down the middle here. USAPL should have better jo- did a, done a better job of communicating and you should register when you're supposed to register. And you can't get, ma- I mean, it wasn't like the Arnold where it filled up in two minutes and nobody knew about it. It was, it was a little bit more drawn out than that. And you have to, you have to be on top of that stuff when you know so many people do this meet. Like this is one of the biggest meets a year. I think it's the biggest as far as the amount of lifters, right? Yep. It's surpassing um, raw nationals. So yeah, was- you got to know that these, these meets are going to fill up relatively quick. I mean, we're having these you know, local meets fill up that quick too. And people are right on that, but I, I don't think maybe they were just under the assumption it's a national meet. National meets won't fill up that quick, but you know, if it took a few days, then the element of sympathy for me is or from me is not going to necessarily be there. And then I'm like, oh, well, you're college students and college students are going to college students. They they have a deadline. The deadline comes up. They miss it. And then they blame the authority figure on that. I'm like, I, I don't I don't know, guys. I think. uh I, th- I think there's a lesson to be had here of what you should be doing. Like if you really, really want to compete at this meet, but then there's like a part of me that ki- I kind of want to go on a rant about them because I saw some ridiculously hilarious comments and uh, petitions that I'm like, okay, some of the wording here is extraordinary. Um, but at the same time, I got to reel it back. Cause I'm like, okay, at least we have a population of people who really, really, really care about powerlifting and want to compete at a powerlifting meet. And I'm like, I can't completely shoot you down and bully you because this is what I want. I want people to hold the sport in a high regard and want to compete at meets that have a lot of people competing there and is really competitive. So got to, bite my tongue for the time being, maybe throwing a jab here and there about, you know, how a typical college student acts and see collegiate nationals unfold. Yeah. There need there needs to be in a good way, we have too many collegiate powerlifters now. That's a good yeah, thing. That's good. We have a lot. Because of that, there needs to be a reform to the structure. Like, let's take for example, if 
college football didn't have the SEC, Big Ten, and the, the different conferences, and they just said everyone who qualifies gets to make the playoffs, and then we'll sort it out from there. And the the, the, the criteria to meet the playoffs was super low. It would be a mess. There's a region why, reason why there's conferences. I think we really need a regional collegiate system. It would be yeah. required. Like you would have to compete at collegiate region. Just use the, it. Could probably just be easily tacked on, and it's part of actual regionals. We already have that. Just make it part of that. And there's a collegiate regional meet. College lifters have to compete in it. Just like if you are Ohio State, you have to compete in the Big Ten. You can't just all of a sudden just go to the playoffs. Um, I, I really think there needs to be a collegiate system. You're required to compete at regionals to be able to then go to nationals and then either something from within that whether it's placing at regionals or whether it's a QT is then raised and made so that only the the people that are very deserving and more elite so we can get this meet down to like 600 to 800 lifters that could even qualify can then go to the national competition Um, Mm -hmm. that's what I think we need to get to for multiple reasons one we need to be able to have nationals be smaller two we also need all of these collegiate athletes to have a, a, a realm to compete outside of the local level because it would just suck if the only option to compete as a collegiate level lifter outside of these local level meets is nationals and then they can't get into it because either one, mm-hmm. it gets filled up or two, the QTs are too high and they can't do it. And you, you, you might have people that go through their entire collegiate powerlifting career and never get to do a nationals. Well, there needs to be a step up from the local level where there's a regional competition. And then if you can win or qualify through your regional competition, you get to go to nationals. That sounds like a collegiate sport. Does it not? That, that yeah, sounds that's, like what college sports is. Yeah. Having it resemble more of a sport would be good. I mean, you are going to probably piss off people because I know, I know the population 18 through 22 year olds, that population uh, I'm relatively familiar with, and they're going to complain they're about it favorite. still because <laughs> you, you always, yeah, you sneak that one in. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the 18, 22-year-old like, population, they're probably going to complain about that because I think a lot of lifters complaining. I'm looking, I'm like, oh, okay, um, you know, I, I think I it was a national event. I, I don't think, think they would I, complain about you that. You will have a you would have a really not not a majority of them. You will have a lot oh, you, of you get you though. get yeah, oh, I mean you get the same number of complaints from the delusional people that are upset about collegiate. You're going to get the same people that just are only thinking of themselves and have no ability to yeah, have the perspective of everyone else. They're going to be selfish. So, yeah, you're going to have college, that. College, anyone college, that college actually student. takes a step takes a second to step back is going to be completely fine with that. Yeah, if you are a competitor, any... this is a fantastic idea. Like, because this means you get to compete more, and your competitions mean more, and then you're going to be selected out of a, you know, a a, a good group of people. You're going to be competing alongside other good powerlifters, and it does add a little bit more to the experience if it is in a process. If it's a process on getting to the national stage, especially if we're talking about nationals, um, and if you look at other collegiate sports, like yeah, maybe. Maybe you can take it more seriously if there's a path as opposed to just what, doing a bullshit local meet and then qualify. What do you think about this? To Again, be a true collegiate sport, I would say. Again, I, everyone has to do regionals in, the, in my thought process. What if there was no QTs? There's no QTs. But you have to do regionals? Like qualifying totals. 
you have to do regionals. And I, I don't, I'm, I'm throwing out a number because you'd have to do the math to figure out how many people would come from this. But if we got five or seven ranges, regions or something, top three or top five of each weight class at each, re, each region gets their spot in nationals. It's not based off a of qualifying total. It's actually based on competing at regionals and placing top five in your class to then get your invite to go to nationals. Is that not yeah, how, if you were in, that, that's how, if like you that. like, if you were a collegiate tennis player or collegiate track and field, which is similar, they're team-based sports that are individual. Like, yes, there's a team component, but the, it's an individual sport. That's how it works. You wouldn't just like have like some, like, because you ran a, a, a 10, 400 meter dash, you get qualified. I don't think so. You, you would have to go through the steps to qualify for nationals of actually beating the competition. I think they eliminate mm-hmm. qualifying totals. They implement a regional system. And then a certain portion, top three, top five, each weight class from each region gets invited to go to nationals based on actually competing. Yeah, I, I would like that. Um, I think we might have to do another state of collegiate powerlifting, maybe get you know another guest on to talk about that and talk about how potentially realistic that is and kind of getting back into like what is making collegiate nationals collegiate nationals and kind of the system behind it because there's a lot of people who can't shed a lot of light on this and I I do like that. I mean, you had me at conferences. If you call anything the Big Ten Championship, it's just in my brain. I'm like, yep. I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. If if you said the yeah, Big Ten Invitational, be like, let me compete or let me commentate it. Like it's it's is is it in uh, Rosemont where Big Ten Network is? Like I just yeah, I mean that's the easy. <laughs> if you want to get me on board with anything, just be really dumb with me and have it resemble sports that I like. I mean, it would be cool, too, because now you can have year-long team rankings, too, because you could have regional rankings and then national rankings. Mm-hmm. Would that not yeah, be I cool mean, to, to win? Your, yeah. Because, like, you win <laughs> yes, the, Ohio yes, State wins the big – I mean, Georgia wins the SEC. Midland wins the Central Region. And then you go on, and Midland wins the national championship. Georgia wins the national – like, you would actually have a region – like, you, you could win your region as a team – and that's a pretty cool thing to do, just like winning your conference. And then you can win nationals, which is a pretty cool thing to do. Is Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that makes let's get, so much more sense. Let's get boosters involved. Let's do it. Let's just, NIL, let's just immediately. Paying? Yeah, let's just immediately we, get we, corrupt with Weez this. is going to get recruited and get a, a nice, like, uh, three-figure contract to compete at a university. That's not enough for him. I'm just that's, I'm, that's I'm not saying it's enough for him. I'm saying that's the amount of money we have in powerlifting NIL is that a, a big deal would be a three-figure contract from a local yeah. truck repair shop. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, we we get that going, but I mean I mean in case you forget, he's got a social media guy running his page and also he's got a 750 credit score. So, you know, we got we got we got to sweeten the pot a little bit there. Uh yeah, I would love that. I think it's a good idea. Um I do I did think that a lot of the stuff that I saw on Instagram was a little bit overblown, kind of expecting that with um, the population of collegiate lifters. I think when they raised the QT from nationals as well, I think the bulk of people complaining in 2019 and 2020 were in that junior range. So junior lifters are going to junior lifter. Uh, that's that's kind of expected. Um uh, from me at this point, but 
Well, we learned. Uh, yeah. I, I, I said this to someone the other day. I want to say junior lifters complain a lot, but I think we learned last year masters lifters are actually worse than junior lifters. I actually would rather take the junior lifters than the masters well, lifters last year. Well, you're going. I mean, you're going to one extreme to the other, right? It's um a horseshoe effect, right? Like if you start at one end, you find that the other end is very similar, very similar, like political ideologies. Like if you're far left, you're far right. It doesn't really go into a spectrum, but it's a horseshoe. Probably the same thing with teen and junior lifters and masters lifters. They eventually just yeah. end up in meeting each other. Like they're the same thing, but the exact opposite. Um, yeah, I, uh, I will have to say, I mean, I did as many master lifters are being like, we should be put in the pro series more. I had team, lift, team lifters being like, you think they should have a team pro series? I'm like, no, shut up and compete in the open. You have one year left. Watch other sports. If you like, yeah, just don't like there's an amateur actually level good, and there's like a Joe, professional level. Or just be good like Joe Borenstein and actually just get an open pro card. That's exactly. a pretty cool thing. To do. Or if just you look actually at, just yeah, be a really you, good lifter. Yeah, like other sports, right? If you're really good and you're 21 years old and you're winning the MVP, you, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. They don't weigh it differently. If you're 21 years old, it's like, oh, you're definitely the MVP. You're 21. Minus the, I mean, like we're gonna weigh you differently because this guy's twenty. This quarterback is twenty-seven. You're twenty-one. So enjoy your MVP, sir. And the Stenson and Bennett's of the world are just hanging their head in shame. Keep so. acting like Stenson Bennett's old. We're 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 missing out on like the Chris Winkies, twenty-eight. He, he uh, was Chase the real Daniel. stud. Wasn't he like? Wasn't he like forty-seven? Chase Daniel. <laughs> was that Chase Daniel? Oh no, no who's the guy in Missouri? No. Who was the guy? No, who was the guy in Missouri? He was I don't know. Oklahoma State. It was Oklahoma State. I'm oh, yeah, right Brandon now. Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Yeah, he was like, he was like, he had gray hair. He was not. He was not <laughs> yeah. older than Chris Winky. Brandon Whedon was old, but Chris Winky, I think, was 28 when he won the national championship. I just remember like watching college football, and I was in high school, and they're like, he's 27 years old. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's me wearing my UTSA comp tee. Uh, in the gym. Oh wait, you are. I, I take myself back. Uh, oh, first round selection. Okay, they were both. So Chris Winkie was twenty eight his senior year. Brandon Whedon was twenty seven. But Brandon Whedon was the okay. oldest ever first round selection at twenty eight years old when he was twenty eight when he was seven. Yeah, basically <gasps> the same age. Yeah, Brandon Whedon. Was, was, was it the Browns? The Browns had to take had to take him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Fantastic. Get a 27 year old rookie quarterback with your first round pick. You deserve misery. Okay. Are we good with the Legion Nationals? Yeah. Bench step time. Yes. Let's do it. So. Do my lights and uh, read all day. Yeah. Right? That's all it was. Uh, I mean, there Thank are so you. many ways this could go. All of the ways that this possibly could go was going to come back to the fact that this was a stupid rule. Um, I loved uh, Powerlifting America's Instagram page trying to act like uh, this was like completely cool and like oh bench depth is like people overreacted. Why do we have a rule when no one gets a no lift? Exactly, for it? you have to make an announcement that it's it's like it's either you're ignoring the rule. Also, which... it was I, bad journalism. Their Instagram yeah. page said no red lights. I was told that that was not correct. There was red lights at Powerlifting America, even though I saw some pictures. I saw some pictures where it was, if you're calling bench depth, it was like egregiously high and was getting white lights. That's a whole different topic. But the biggest thing is not a, as far as I know, not a single person has missed a single attempt on bench depth 
because side judges don't call it because you can't see it. So therefore, it's a completely useless rule until we get to international meets. And I believe the IPF is using actual like instant replay now, and we might have protest stuff. But otherwise, it's a completely useless rule. Like it's 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 just, it does nothing. No, it's stupid. People are arguing that it takes away zero range of motion benchers, which okay. But is that again? Is is that going to stop Instagram comments from people watching in a high arch bench and criticizing it? And the answer is overwhelmingly no. If we, no, live, we, saw, if we have this sport on social media, it's never going to get better. As far as comments go, it's always going to be negative. That's social media. Celine Crum gets comments for rounded back deadlifts. And she's conventional. Well, we need to ban rounded back deadlifts. We need to ban rounded back deadlifts due to injury risk. Yeah, we need to ban rounded back deadlifts due to injury risk. risk. We need to to ban uh, low bar. Yeah, and low bar's an advantage. Low bar's the equivalent yeah. to arching. You could just high bar. We we def. I mean, we definitely need to ban sumo. It's just, you know, it's beating it's beating the same old tire drum. And I did have some comments like yesterday, like or not yesterday when it happened. Somebody messaged me like, "Well, I mean, that's good. Like, it's good if only the center judge is calling it. That means they could only give the red light." And I'm like, "Then what? What the hell is the point?" Yeah, it's not if, good. If the that other just two people the stu- are not judging the rules, it's stupid. Just don't have the rule. Because then if a one judge sees that the ass is coming up, which is what they should be doing, the center judge is calling it on depth. It's like, what? No, I, like, I, I don't what you, think. What do you challenge in that situation? I don't right? think. You get, a two, you get a two red light lift. I don't think any semi-intelligent human being thinks this is a, think this is a good rule. I, the debate of if we should change range of motion is can be a valid argument, whether we agree or not. We both agree it shouldn't have been changed, but it's a valid argument. And if you want, we already talked about the bench grip stuff. There is valid ways that it could be adjusted. This was the worst. This was the this is the one that we didn't even think was a plausible scenario, and it, this is exactly why because it's a complete wash of a rule, and it's it, the. And it, it's going to get better with consistency. I mean, I, I'm not going to overreact to the fact that, like, we saw some lifts that were, like, egregiously high and some that, like, the elbows were, like, below parallel and they were getting red lights and the egregiously high ones got white lights. It was it was ridiculous, but that was going to happen. I mean, it's a new rule. But, yeah, it's 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 just stupid. There, there's no other way about it. It's 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 laughable. Yeah, I, yeah um, but at the same time, ad reads all day. Yep. We already the talked about we need to make sure. Two yeah. white lights bench well, death. Two white Yeah. Well yeah, we get the we get the elbows. We we just show the elbows and it's just it's a constant two white light lift. Um and you know, think I mean that is one thing we can thank the IPF for. We do have an ad read going on in you know, countries throughout the powerlifting world. Um speaking of ad reads, best ad read ever. Leftwood Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, happy birthday, Go to happy CB. Birthday, CB. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. I was actually wrong. I, I, I said. I think I said the ninth last time. It's the 29th. January 29th is CB's birthday. That's actually my birthday. So we share birthdays. Didn't even know that. CB, Can't and you're turning 30 this year. Yeah, so is CB. 
I think. Happy birthday, CB. Help CB and I apparently celebrate our birthdays with Leflar Bros. Use that promo code 2WL15. My birthday gift is for you not to use Orc15, but, you know, people don't listen to me anyway. So use Orc15, use all the promo codes, and save yourself some money on the best merchandise and powerlifting. Look good head to toe, look good on the platform, off the platform, in the gym, out the gym. Leflar Bros got you covered. Make sure you go on their Instagram page as well and check out the merchandise there. Use that promo code 2 wl 15. All right. We are slowly approaching the Arnold, Stephen Novi. We are. We're only like six and a half weeks out. Um, and they still haven't sent out all the invites yet. If people didn't know. Uh, so the original invites were sent to the finals people for the top 10. We, we definitely had people that did not accept pretty much the exact people we knew. People who are going yeah. to PLA, um, people who just don't do the Arnold because they don't want to go head to head with Angelo. Um, yeah, <laughs> people, we knew they were turning down. Dodge, so yeah. it was, it was a trickle down thing, uh, and we, it was supposed to be trickle down. And then the next people start getting invites until you fill it up. We're like six and a half weeks out, and there's been no trickle down invites. Now, I, 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 we can't talk about this fully, but I think this is going to be fixed. So, Angela, I don't know if I told you we can't really like announce it completely, but. This should be hopefully fixed in the next week. But the fact that we're six and a half weeks out and they are dropping. I, I don't even know if some of the people would even uh, accept yeah, the I, advice because we're they can't just, like if they're not prepping for it, it's ridiculous. How, how are we getting to the finals of the pro series? And you didn't even send out the invites for it. Yeah, the, and, the thing of having six weeks out taking a meet on short notice is not a common thing. Especially when you were supposed to have done it like over a month ago. Yeah. I, I mean, know. yeah. Well, what would be the, the time frame that you would do it from? Because I mean, with the initial set of invites, I was confused. I thought I didn't get an invite for the Arnold finals. I thought I got the invite for the pro-am because that's what the invite said. And well, yeah, they sent, they like, sent out the what? wrong invite. They sent them out later than we were supposed to. So everything was messed up. Again, there is there is some hope this is going to be improved. We will announce... I probably will post on my story soon when I know I'm allowed to officially announce it. But the fact that we're even in this position is terrible. Like, it, it's like it's such a ball was dropped. We've got people who are not pros who were signed up for the pro meet because they had the pro card list wrong. Yeah, it, it's just a mess. Like they, it's international yeah, expansion. I, That's what matters. Yeah, I, I mean, that is, uh, I, I guess that would be more the the part there that I'm frustrated with because at this point, like how I am just as a competitor, it's I'm like I got to stop focusing on or not focusing because it's not distracting me from my training at all, but not putting so much of my energy into like how is the pro meet going to look and what's going to be the, the the promotion of the pro meet because it's like okay you know what i'm in it i got to worry about competing as opposed to the, like the promotion but this is more so i might not be able to compete against people who would be really good to compete against and that that's that trickle down thing it's you have really well, good lifters who can get that trickle down invite and you let, had let me tell you who would have done that yeah invites. you should have done it 10 weeks ago 
And now, like, six weeks out from meet, and it's not like it was told, like, you could potentially get an invite, so stay on prep. I guess so, you can I guess you can pick you know you can't even pick from no that doesn't I'm, yeah I was about to say you could pick from the Arnold well, roster and that's almost impossible. Well that's what's going I mean that's what's going to happen eventually if people turn it down. I'm going to go through the pros. list right. Well no because there's pros in the pro meet. They might have to pull from yeah, I know, probably I know. have to pull from that. But I'll tell you who the trickle down people are. So after the top 10, you have Jimmy Villanueva. He's going to turn it down cuz he can't do the Arnold. I've been told Jared Martin was not going to do the Arnold. Michael C could possibly accept, but I know he's not 100% and wasn't planning on doing the Arnold. And six weeks out, I don't think he's accepting. Connor Borkert does want to do it, from mm-hmm. what I know, but it may be too late now because I don't think he signed up for the Arnold because he wasn't going to do it unless he made the finals. So if he wasn't going to yeah. do it, it's six weeks out, so he's probably not prepping. Uh, Richard Cho retired from powerlifting. Uh, yeah. Eric LaPointe is signed up for the Arnold, and he would get bumped up. And then maybe. Maybe depending if if Connor was to turn it down, it might trickle down to Jamar Royster. I don't. Jamar I don't know if Jamar had interest it. in doing it. No, he told me flat out he <clears throat> wasn't going to take another meet after corrupted, which is probably a good idea. I mean, there's no reason so, to. And then on the women's side, the trickle down. Uh, if we're going outside top ten, Jamie Fisher is PLA. Uh, Allison Weinberg, Weinberg would get in. Jessica Espanol and Brittany went to PLA, and then Jordan Pantone would be the last one. Allison Weinberg, I be- I don't know if Allison or Jordan is signed up for the Arnold because I don't. Again, there's some people here that were not going to do the Arnold unless they got in the finals, and so we're going to miss out on the people that deserve to be in the finals because invites were not sent out on time, and they could never have yeah. actually prepped for it. Well, that's that. Well, that's also the kind of the. Um... I think people will look at this and and just go, come to the conclusion like, well, okay, it's, you're talking about three people who are not the ones that we're primarily focused on, but I I still think that's a big deal, even if it's one person. How if do you, you know, invest you this you much money? I mean, they're putting decent prize money in. How do you invest this much money and just not send out invites? Yeah, I. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of the. That's kind of that's the point I'm coming to here. It this does happen in other sports too, where you know you have this idea like, oh, this per, like UFC for example, like this person, like look how good this card is, and somebody pulls out from injury, it's like, okay, let's pull another really good person. Hopefully, we can salvage it. That's what it reminds me of. It's people aren't going to accept the invites. People might have to drop out. Um, unfortunately, there's a split between federations, so people might be going to the other federation, and uh, you, you can you. I, I say if, if it's even one deserving lifter of a trickle down, it's it's too many because when you have a professional product, like everything has to be taken care of at the highest level. Um, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. We we can talk to people, we can um, advocate for it, but I'm not going to focus so much this year on what are they announcing and how cool does it look? It's, and I, and I think it's going to, I think what, what we're seeing on social media and the promotion of things, I think we can get some good product, but this is something like I, I can't ignore. And that's potential people missing out on a really good meet. Yeah. Well, like you just said there, I, I'm not last year. I tried to play fixer upper too much and I'm done doing that. I'm not, 
going to babysit these situations. Because uh, again, for, I mentioned this multiple times in my story. I have no in, I'm not employed by the USAPL. I have no in with it. I just read everything and I keep up to date because I'm weird like that. And I just part of two somewhat life. know everything. What do you say? You're part of two white lights. I'm part of two white lights, but also I if you end up knowing more. If you don't research, I'm, neuro- I'm, neuro- I'm neurotic about every little detail about everything that could affect my lifters. Um, yeah. So I end up knowing everything. And so I can tell when something's not right. I can tell you the three pros who are in the pro meet who are not pros. Every little thing. You can. Uh, yeah, you definitely can. I can tell you. Should I name them? Yeah, I know. I mean, you could. I'm not, I, I wasn't, see, that oh, wasn't I'm a saying, challenge. I'm just saying them? you can. Can I, again? Not a challenge. I'm I know. I'm saying, saying should I? I'm saying. I'm saying should I? Should I? Should I? This, it's not even. A, it's not even an point, issue with them. They got. They got sent in. They got sent the wrong invite, and were allowed to sign up when they yeah. weren't supposed to. Um, what was I say? But yeah, I'm with you. I don't really care to care about it anymore. Like it's just. It's just. Uh, I, I again. There's an announcement soon, and hopefully this is going to help. But otherwise, I don't. USAPL is going to do USAPL. I'm I'm done. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. And like last year, for example, there was an element. Not really. I, I guess. I mean, it, I'm not blaming anyone, but there's an element of like, okay, I don't know how many questions I could answer about, you know, why aren't they announcing this? Why didn't do things this way? And like, guys, I, I'm really. I really would like to focus on more so I'm getting more questions about the pro series and the production of the pro series and a live stream of the pro series and all these other things and less about me competing at the pro series. So it's like, well, I don't know how how many times I can do that. We do have one good thing. I I know me and you talked about, I don't know if we'll have him on sometime soon, but Bryce Lewis is the head of like production and media now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's been any more information sent out recently. Um, I'd love to get him on. I know he's working on a lot of stuff graphics wise. Like, I mean, he's posting on his stories. If people have seen a lot of like the 3D imaging he's doing, that's all coming back to a lot of the media and production for the live stream stuff. So I have hope for it. And I hope that that's going to help eventually build more hype. And so that's why I, I, I've got some hope here. Yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I sure. think we need to get, we need to get him on and hear about what he's got planned because I think that would be really interesting to hear about. I'm happy they yeah. have someone to do that, but they've obviously got Marshall on the USAPL page. That's good. Yeah, we've been seeing good but, things. Oh, by the way, another another just absolute gem. Round of applause for putting in the background check safe sport in that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, in Perfect. that post today. Perfectly well I placed. I mean, it was. Yeah, the. The placing of that was fantastic. I still be the Sean Noriega being the being the promotion for signing up for the USAPL when when the IPF had that bench step rule was Chef's kiss, beautiful. Couldn't get any better than that. Um, yeah, I, and, I, and that, it's good. I, I do. I am optimistic of what I'm seeing from it on the like the production side. I'm just like I uh, I don't know. I'm not saying I don't care about either. I definitely do care, but me talking more about the lack of production as opposed to like the actual meat itself, um, I, I, I hopefully don't have to do that again. So I don't know how many conversations I could really have because it just seemed like, oh, I'm like, is this is this what it is now? It's what we ask lifters more so about the production of the meat they're doing. It's like, 
Hey guys, if I go five for nine, I can tell you what, I don't give a fuck if the live stream looks really nice. It could be the greatest live stream ever. Yeah. If I go five for nine, I'm gonna be really mad. So, we're in C pod we're in C pod though, so I, I think it's gonna be decent. I'm just I'm just sure. more mad that like the whole point of the finals is to create this ten person roster, male and female, and hype it up. We literally have none of that because there isn't a roster yet. We haven't filled up the roster. How is that even possible? Hey, um, again, this is where you come in. Um, is Dan Clemens doing it? He isn't. Yes, he is. He's in. He is in. Oh, okay. He's doing oh, you it. Want the, well, here, here, I'll read off the actual roster well, no, as just, of right now. Okay, I read it off for me because now, oh, yeah, I'm going to say what the reason why I had to ask. But, oh, yeah. fun. Do I, th- quick shot to throw out. Equipped can't doesn't have enough pros to fill up a pro series finals. So that's a um, shocker. Yeah, take that. Take, that. take that as you will of what what we should we should do with that. Okay, on the women's side. Wait, that's the regular pro mate. Sorry. Good job. Oh, was that the right one? Good. Okay, now I got it. Okay. On the women's now. side. Sam Calhoun, Celine Crum, Autumn Green, Gabby Martinez, Jasmine Penn, Carly Richard, Demetria Thayton, Jennifer Thompson. So we've got our main battle is going to be Sam, Celine, Gabby. That's the one we're going to be talking yeah. about. Men's side, we've got, I think we've got less men. I think we've got eight women and we've got seven men. So there's more. Am I right? No, we got eight of each. Eight men, eight men and eight women. So there's, there should be two trickle-down people on each side. On the men's side, we got Lorenzo Barnes, Joe Bornstein, Dan Clements, uh, some Italian douchebag, Bob Matthews, Sean Noriega, Brandon Petrie, and Ashton Ruska. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you said Dan Clements where? In there? You said Dan Clements in there, right? Yes, I did. So we're going to okay. have Ashton. So, all right. I mean, yeah. yes. I was okay, so yeah, because somebody was like power ranking into the finals. I would probably put, I yeah, I put for my top five Bob, Petrie, Ash, Joe, me. I will bump myself down and say Dan Clements is number five in that power ranking and possibly number four. I mean, so. I think Dan, Dan, Brandon, Bob, Ashton are tier one, and then. Mm-hmm. You, Sean, Joe, are tier two, with which is only likely any of you having the chance to bump up to tier one. The interesting yeah. thing in the pro series points as a whole, the winner might not even come from the finals because we've got Keenan yeah. Lee and Rondell. Um, we might even have some Jonathan Hill. I think could possibly bump up in the top five. Yeah, um, that'll be interesting because. The, the thing is, next year, I really think the finals could be interesting, on, especially on the men's side. Women, unfortunately, I think yeah. we're going to have even more women leave. And so the women's side is going to be, unfortunately, even more uh, displaced than it is. But the men's side, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Let's just let's send out some invites, though. I think that I think it's going to happen again. Literally, as of yeah. today, I think things are going to be fixed. But I'm still going to rant that the fact that we're even coming to this. Yeah, I think by the time this episode drops too, we would uh, we will uh, hopefully get that announcement. But um, yeah, I agree. And also with another meet as well, which I was wasn't on the agenda, but some wild card spots went up for Sheffield. Um, any rapid reactions? Any hot takes from the wild card spots that were given? Nope. I think we uh, the ones that have been given 
I think we're pretty well, I think are not shockers. I think the no. only one that we debated maybe was Keiko and Emil, but they brought both of them. Um, I am 99.9% positive. I know the last four. Mm-hmm. Should I say I'm here and which put my, it on the books my... to see if I'm right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm, I want it on record. Okay. Because I don't know. When I don't this know episode the drops, they're possibly drop. They've already dropped them already. Well, okay. It is January 19th at 8.15 p.m. So if I get them right and it drops after, then I said it then. <clears throat> Eight, central time. Uh, men's, it'll be Gavin, Aiden, and Ray Williams. And on the women's side, it will be uh, Zsa Jacob and Carlina. Yeah. Um, I agree on the women's side. I like those two wild card spots. On the men's side, I'm not a fan of either of those wild card spots. No hate towards Gavin and Ray. Gavin's but... more. Comp- Gavin's actually a better pick than oh, you think. Oh, for sure. No, well, I, no, did, I, I don't didn't realize it. I'm not saying he's a poor pick. It's more so like <laughs> getting rewarded for what he would definitely say is underperformed meets. And then getting, still... like, getting, getting a spot in the finals, like you're, you underperformed when I think Jurens can get through on the same no. rationale as but... Gavin. No. Incorrect. I mean, like, actually statistic, no, actually statistically incorrect. Gavin is actually much closer than pretty much anyone else to the actual world record total at 93 kilos. Going into, I have a whole document already. Going into Sheffield, if he's in it, of the 12 people, I think it is, or 10 people, he's actually my fifth favorite above most people. Because remember, it's scored off of your proximity to the world record total in your weight class. Yeah, so yeah. if he's a 93 kilo, his proximity to the world record total is actually pretty darn close. Jurens is not. Jurens yeah, right. is pretty is pretty far away. Um, even if you're looking at someone like Panna, because uh, he I think he was one of the favorites that unfortunately has underperformed and going through injuries, he wasn't necessarily very close. Gavin's actually really close and actually well, depending has, on who you talk to, according to King of the Lift, he's pretty much the 66 kg champion. Oh, hell yeah. Ray, That's on the other hand, here. Ray, on the other hand, is not close. Uh, but we all oh, know why Ray I, would be. Well, Ray is going to get in. Ray, Ray is getting in. So what, Gavin, another reason Gavin would be in, not only because of proximity and competitiveness, it's, it's about storylines. We, yeah. we can argue all day and people can say deserving. It's about storylines. 93 kg battle and having that four-way battle is an awesome storyline. Ray versus Jesus, brother I mean, my my issue is not Ray getting in based off of SBD picking him. Again, assuming he's getting picked. It's the IPS hypocrisy that Ray's allowed to compete. I want Ray to do it off of the fact that I like that storyline, and I think that's a fantastic pick for what we want Sheffield to be with the storylines to talk about. It is god-awful in the IPF hypocrisy. Yeah, I think this I, – I, all right, so you were able to sway me with Gavin. You got me there with Ray – it's just still the um, the argument of if Ray Ray can beat Jesus if Jesus has a really bad day, but I, I mean I guess this does yield the opportunity for Ray to do the unthinkable and that's beat his own world record. 
It'd be tough. But be very, I, very, very on tough. that is like I would say I would say <laughs> 40, 50 to one. So one of the reasons was well here. I, I don't know if this is going to completely sway you. One of the issues is Eddie Berglund is going up a weight class for Sheffield, from what I know. Mm-hmm. That messes up the ability to have a 66-kilo battle if you were to bring in, like, a Jonathan Garcia or a Joe Jordan yeah. or a Hanna. Well, I mean, you can't... <laughs> like, so he's, he's deciding now to go up a weight class? I, yeah. He's going 74 at Sheffield. Why? Oh, I don't know. That's a he, horrible decision, right? Like that's what he's doing. I yeah, because I, I actually had him as a top three. I had him, maybe maybe he's going to go back. I had him as a top three favorite to win Sheffield until I found out he's going seventy four kilo. I which think then Sheffield changes would be my everything. only exception. If I if I ever did a death cut in my life, Sheffield would be my only exception on like because I'm, I'm very anti death cut. Sheffield would be the only time be like yeah I'm going to take that death cut because if I go up to seventy four. Right, you have to get records that he is nowhere near, and then at sixty-six kilos, he is the record. Right, he he can he can take his own records. So, yep. Well, I mean, yeah. I'll give you a preview. We'll talk about a lot more. This this is not my necessarily picks, but I created a an algorithm. It's not nice. You I don't, have I shared this document with you? I have, you I have not. not. You haven't even seen. You haven't even seen. I'll share it with you now. You haven't even seen haven't my even algorithm that. I came up with. It's not entirely complex, but I created a whole system of ranking people. Going into it, Taylor is number one. Keiko is now number two. Mm-hmm. Chance is number three. Emil's number four. Gavin's number five. Emil Norling's number six. And I was all going off off of multiple things to basically look at their proximity and their likelihood to hit the world record total on the women's side. Carlina and Jod are no-brainers to get in there because I have Carlina and Jod two and three actually behind Lifter Redacted. That's going to be something interesting to talk about. Lifter Redacted is actually based off of proximity to the world record total, the number one person going in maybe. Mm. Which is also where we have to debate Sheffield's scoring system. But... uh, Jad and Carlina arguably are going to be heavy favorites, even though they're wild cards. Yeah, that's... Um, and yes, I am talking like this is a for sure thing, because that's how confident I am. And no, I do not have any inside information. I am just this confident that those are the next four picks. You can mark it down and then tell me I'm correct once it happens. Who would who would, uh, who would we have picked? Right, because we talked about it with Chant, I completely forgot what was said in that. I, forget, I mean, I, I forget I, all. I forget all the ones we did too. I, I think some of us. We I think about I was Anatoly. really. I was really I in on. Yeah, Anatoly might have been my pick. <laughs> I had Rondell in there, and that would have been correct if the IPF didn't suspend him. Yeah, I didn't have Rondell. Um, did we discuss? We Mikey talked about Pease? Heather Connor, I think. Yeah, we talked the, about Mikey well, the female side. I think is a little bit more cut and dry. Like I. It is now. It is now because of Carlina and Jad's performances. It wasn't cut and dry until Carlina and Jad had those more recent. Ooh, I I disagree. Well, she had to do that meet, right, Carlina? She's a Commonwealth. To be able to qualify for this, yeah, yeah. I she had, but I well, I think actually based on her previous meets where, um people didn't know who the hell she was, and then did the meet, and everyone's like, oh my god. 
this person, he broke, he unofficially broke Guess's world record, right? And no, then she he, officially broke because Commonwealth no, Games was a no, not the, not this one. There was one no in spring. Oh, maybe, but yeah, Carlina holds that the world was, record, we got, and it's decent. Yeah, we got introduced to Carlina. At least I got introduced to Carlina that way, and she was able to uh, uh, build off that insane total since and. Yeah, people were talking. People were talking about Agatha, Carlina, and Jess happening at Worlds, and you know Carlina wasn't able to do it. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was a little more cut and dry for the female side. Um, yeah, I think we discussed Mikey D in there. I, I guess yeah, I would have put down a Tolly, but uh, yeah, Gavin Gavin was the guy. I don't even think any of us considered, including Chance. No, I just didn't think that. So I would be, I would be we'll relatively have, we'll have, surprised. We'll actually have five ninety threes with Amar Kanan in there. Yeah, I mean, I got the guys that I wanted in, Emil and Keiko. So, I guess that's 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 why I'm trying to like thinking. And then I I promised to riot if if Ray got in. Yeah, that that is a hypocrisy thing. But also, I just I st- I still have my takes on that. I'm still I'm still of the I'm still of the uh, philosophy that if you're going into the meet like struggling at your past meets and not really progressing from your past total then you're rewarded from it, like, getting into the finals. I'll, I don't know this is a stretch. I think you're going to say it's a stretch, but I think it's a good analogy. Ray Williams going to the finals here is like Tiger Woods competing in the Masters. Do we think Tiger Woods think is winning stretch. the Masters? I think it's good. Tiger Woods probably isn't winning the Masters, but guess what? If Tiger Woods does the Masters, a lot of people are going to watch. I was going to compare it to college football. Like... You have like when uh, the, the BCS, we had the BCS days when you had like that three loss USC team and they lost like their last game against UCLA. But it's like, okay, they're USC. How many five star recruits do they have? Like, you put them into the national championship, maybe, or you put them in a big bowl game. It's like, do they really deserve it? But you know how good they are and how good they can be. That's kind of the comparison with Ray. It's like, you can. Ray and Gavin, for that matter. But I, I, now that I think of Gavin, I can't think of anyone who I'd pick over her. I, him, might the only pick I had was Jurens because he had an 800 total, but um, he's he's well off the world record total. And I think Delaney is not an 802 lifter at all. He's a he's cl- he's getting closer to the world record. I, I that. I think people forget that, that 825 total or oh, yeah. 22 total. I mean, yeah, Delaney. I think people, yeah, I think people I like agree. have easily forgot that. So, you know, like a lot of people are totaling 820 are looking to total in that 835 to 840 range. And Delaney should not be an exception. Like he is within that range for sure. So now, yeah. now I can't think of an argument against Gavin. It's more so like at least Ray competed recently. If Ray didn't compete recently and he got in, I would just been like, no, fuck this. I'm done. I'm not again. I still. I am completely fine with it on SBD's part. I'm going to riot with you on the IPF aspect of it, of just how hypocritical and biased and just sketchy politics the IPF is. Yep. If this is occurring, and if I'm right, which I'm going to be right. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, maybe by this time Monday we'll have a preview. I was I was hoping to get some maybe hot takes out of that, but there's nothing hot about it because I've been saying the same thing about Ray for a while. Or him getting into this, but um, okay. And unless there's anything else to add, I'm done with that commercial gym story. Let's do it. All right, let's see which one I want to do. Uh, Going to lift. Okay, I'll give you a couple. Guy jerking off in the mirrors. Uh, I I have a feeling I know how that's Jim Gym manager having sex with married trainer on the roof of a gym. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how that one ends. You want that one then? Yeah. Okay, we'll go that one. Okay, so my manager, he was a douchebag. He was a crappy, crappy human being, not a good person. Um, He is engaged at the time of the story. And there is another trainer who is married and unhappily married and has since been divorced. Uh, This manager is married to his fiance at the time. This one goes, there's no way this is going to get back. But if it did, this is bad. But whatever, I don't care because th- this still is existing. Oh, yeah. He is married. He is married <laughs> to this person, and I do not think this person knows this story. So, <laughs> only one way to well find as out. this is well as this is allegedly there isn't. There's kind of hard proof. I have. I have. There's hard proof, but whatever. So one of the one of the front desk girls. Uh, well, I should I should say a caveat that this married female trainer and this male engaged manager were very touchy-feely like we all thought something weird was going on she would be like sitting in his lap and the stuff that's inappropriate no matter what even if it's not like straight on like having sex like it's cheating in a way it was it was very inappropriate it made all of us uncomfortable and we we had we had called both of them out on the situation and they would always just say nothing's happening and we're we're then like get really pissed at us either way Front desk girl needs to go into the storage closet. <clears throat> and she knocks because it's locked. The storage closet for the supplements where everything is for the front desk is not supposed to be locked. It's always unlocked. And it's locked and she's knocking because she needs to get in there. And she's like, someone must. So, so sometimes people will go in there to just change clothes real quick versus going all the way to the, the locker room for the employees. And she keeps knocking. No one answers. Like 10 seconds later, finally, the manager, the male manager, no, no, no. The female married employee trainer yells, just a second. And she finally comes out, and it, it was kind of like a thing, like you could tell she had just like put her clothes on or something. Okay, maybe she was changing. <clears throat> so she walks out, door closes, the front desk lady girl goes in, grabs whatever she needs, walks out. As she's walking back, she looks back, and she sees the gym manager walk out too. And like sneak out. Even at that point, we still were like kind of confused because she went in to that room and he was not in there. I did not know until later on there was a staircase in there that went to the roof of the building. So right. use your mind of what what went on. Uh, I guess that, yeah, I guess you have to you have to play detective to figure that one out. Well, I, yeah, there, the, were, there uh, were situations after where I had heard from people that had direct conversations with the then-divorced trainer that 
things did happen. All right. But yes. Well, then we'll, yeah, we'll that's, definitely that's the save story. the, uh, the mirror one for the next episode, even though, you know, I'm assuming like every, it's like every one of those, every one of those things you find on the internet, you know how it ends. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you know how it ends. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for two white lights. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.